Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today we celebrate the fourth Sunday of Advent. The great season of Advent is coming to a close. And it's fitting, once again, we hear from Isaiah, the prophet, as well as his prophecies. Now remember in the first week of Advent, Isaiah gives us that image of God's holy mountain where all the tribes, all the nations are streaming up it, in which God is gathering all the people to himself. In the second week of Advent, we heard the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, all the gifts of mind and soul that will help us to participate in the Holy Spirit. Last week, we heard of the blooming desert. The desert was a place of preparation for us in order to receive the great life that God wants to give us all. Now this week, we hear the greatest of all of Isaiah's prophecies as well as his images. Notice what it says in the first reading. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. Now, this image of a woman who would be unlikely to give birth is a common theme throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament. Go back to the very beginning, Genesis. Remember the story of Abraham and Sarah? These three men suddenly appear to them. Now, we all know that story prefigures our doctrine on the Holy Trinity. The three men are actually the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Sarah and Abraham, they engage in this frenzied hospitality. They make them a meal, and before the three men are about to leave, they tell Sarah and Abraham that Sarah will become pregnant with a child. Upon hearing this, Sarah bursts out in this loud laughter because she's 90 years old. She doesn't believe it. And yet, a year later, she gives birth to a son, and they name him Isaac, which in Hebrew means God laughs. We hear a little bit later in the Bible, Hannah. Hannah is a woman who is sterile, and she prays day and night in the temple for a child. And eventually, God blesses her with a child. She gives birth to a son named Samuel. And Samuel becomes one of the greatest prophets of all of Israel. Next, we hear of the mother of Samson. She, too, was thought sterile. She, too, prays to God, and she's given a child, Samson, who becomes one of the greatest judges of Israel. Now, in the New Testament, we hear of Elizabeth, Mary's cousin, you know, throughout her married life, she too was presumed to be sterile. And yet, through God's blessing, she gives birth to John, John the Baptist, the greatest of all the prophets. Then, then is the greatest of all these signs, the one that fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah 
in which he says, The Lord himself said, You will see a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. Well, it speaks of Mary. Mary, remember in this story of the Annunciation, when told of the good news by the angel Gabriel, at first she doesn't understand. That's why she says, I know not man. And yet, yes, she gives birth. Now, what are we to make of this? How are we to understand all this? Well, I think the first thing is, we should never underestimate the power of God. See, when we do, that's when we get into trouble. When we overestimate our own power, when we run a, want to run our own lives according to our terms, we want to be in control. And yet, if you look at all those women that I just gave as examples, you know, at the heart of their spiritual life was surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, they saw a radical inner transformation within their lives, whereby they turned their life over to God, over to the direction of God. And in doing so, they were blessed. Therefore, we have to learn by that. We, too, have to surrender to the power of God. And in doing so, a radical inner transformation will come upon us, and God will direct our lives. Now, what's the temptation? Well, the relentless ego of ourselves, ourselves fighting against it. See, I think that's the problem. But what's the solution? Well, turn to the words of Mary, which she says to the angel Gabriel, Let it be done to me according to your word. What's the problem with Adam and Eve? They grasped at the knowledge of good and evil. Their attitude was, we will determine what's right and wrong. We will determine how to live our lives in our way and not God's way. And see, the sin of Adam and Eve, original sin, is something now we all inherit. It's the sin of, I would say, self-direction. The person that says or has the attitude, hey, I can live my life on my own. I don't need anyone, especially God, to determine or how to live my life. Now, a bit later in Genesis, we hear the Tower of Babel. It has the same philosophy, the same attitude. Remember in the story, they try and build this great tower that will rival God. Well, when we try to live our lives on our own, with the attitude of, I can live my own life on my terms and nobody tells me what to do, then we fail. We fail to surrender to God. Well, what must we do? We'll do the opposite. You know, follow the women of the Bible. Surrender to the will of God. And therefore, resist the temptation of the ego. And yet the ego is powerful. And we see it throughout the biblical stories. Just look at the Pharaoh in the Exodus story, building monuments to himself. Now, most of us do exactly what the Pharaoh did, using everything that we have in our power to build monuments to ourselves, whether it's power, fame, fortune, notoriety. Go to the New Testament. We see the same thing. We see the Romans, which are the real enemies of Israel, are the ones who have had the attitude of Adam and Eve. You know, that attitude of, 
a style of self-direction. But what really saves us? Jesus Christ, who comes to us through the attitude of Mary. Now, the angel Gabriel proposes to her that she will be the mother of God. What's her response? Is it the response of the ego? No, not at all. Just the opposite. It's a response of surrender to the will of God. Let it be done to me according to your word. Now notice the passive voice of Mary. Mary cooperates with God's grace. See, salvation always begins with God's grace. It always begins with that intervention by God. And see, God wants us to cooperate with his grace. Now, turn to the gospel story for this week. Here we have the story of Joseph. Now, surprisingly, Joseph is a very popular saint within our church for many, many centuries. Now, I say surprisingly because Joseph doesn't say one word in the Bible. And I think that intrigues people. And that, but also the fact that how Joseph is a quiet biblical hero by simply what he does. Joseph essentially mimics the same response of Mary to the angel. You know, let it be done to me according to your word. Now notice how the gospel begins. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Now, we can only imagine the anger, the betrayal, the disappointment that Joseph must have felt when finding out that Mary was pregnant. Now, this is the woman that he loves dearly. He wants to spend the rest of his life with her. I'm sure they had plans on children where they wanted to live, everything. And yet now he discovers she's pregnant. Again, we can only imagine how angry he must have been with Mary. And yet we hear of his goodness and of his kindness. Instead of lashing out at Mary, he wants to make this situation go away easy as possible. He wants to divorce her quietly out of protection for Mary. So we can see that despite the fact that he feels anger and betrayal, he deeply loves Mary. Now, next, it says in the gospel, Such was his will intention, when behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her, and she will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded. He took his wife into his home. And so Joseph, he cooperated. Now notice first, he listens to a dream. Now you would say, well, that's irrational. That's bizarre. It's strange. Joseph is willing to think outside of the box. 
He's willing to imagine new possibilities. More to it, he listens to an angel. Now, the trouble with us is when we say, you know, I'm in charge. I'm in control of my life. I live by my terms. I make my own decisions. I make my own plans and my own projects. See, Joseph is a great example for us in the spiritual life. He abandons all of his own plans for the future, even when he doesn't understand, nor can he see clearly God's plans. Joseph basically says, I will surrender to a power that is beyond me, to a plan that I don't necessarily understand. Again, Joseph is mimicking the same surrender to God that we see with Mary when she says, let it be done to me according to your word. Friends, Mary and Joseph have prepared us for Christmas, the birth of their son, Jesus Christ. Throughout Advent, we have heard all these great images of Isaiah. We've heard the story of Joseph and Mary, so that what? We too can do the same. Surrender to the Lord in our life. And in doing so, God will bless us and he will pour forth his grace upon us so that we can continue to be living disciples of his Son. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.